we have her. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. But I'm here. <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm doing good. And uh, like I said, yeah. How's everything? As good, good. Just finished finishing up here at the gym right now. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you for your uh for uh, coming by. Um, I guess I'll ask you uh the first question. Uh, just uh, tell the audience who you are and how did you get into boxing? Um, well, my name is Adelaida La Cobra Ruiz. I am a professional boxer. Um, I live here in Los Angeles, California. I'm undefeated at the moment. I'm holding the WBC Interim World Champion um, title at Superflyweight. And the way I got into boxing, well, um, I was always around boxing since I was a little girl because my brothers used to box. They were amateur fighters. So I was always up and down with my dad and my sister decided to join. So I kind of joined and I followed after she, she joined the boxing. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, that's a pretty interesting story. Um, I was going to say like, like as far as like your style goes, like um, you have more of like a pretty heavy, you know, seasoned professional style. Like it doesn't seem like that the amateur style was really there. Um, no. Oh, well, yeah, I had, um, I did 39 boxing, um, amateur fights, but I've always been kind of like a brawler. Uh, uh, most of my amateur fights were referee stop contests. So I never really did that Olympian style amateur. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, I've known like several other people that I've been around like ever since I got into boxing. Cause, uh, for me, like I'm from Albany, New York and, uh, I ran into uh, to a uh, to a fighter by the name of um, Abraham Nova, if you know him. And um, I actually um, first got into uh, my very first boxing gym out in Albany with uh, uh, like I, like I believe his name is um, Tony Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, he like uh, like uh, um, he basically runs his um, operations at the um, Albany Boxing Gym um, right up on Quail Street. But um, he's actually connected with uh, Mike Tyson in which um, 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 he used to be part of his team for, I believe, uh, nine years. And uh, Tony, um, he's been training, like, like, uh, like as far as, like, a bunch of uh, very, like, old-school um, amateur to, like, professional fighting styles with, like, uh, various uh, different fighters. But I would say, like, as far as, you know, today's, like, climate for boxing, there's, like, more talent that's been branching out to a very different wide variety of, like, uh, different uh, fighters. Yeah, you're right. I see that. It's, I see it. It's growing and it's changing, and it's more of a. Um, I want not. I'm not gonna say safer, but I think I, they're taking less punishment and still winning with their style that they're doing. I was gonna ask you a boxing um, history question. Do you know uh, the highest amount of rounds that was ever fought in a boxing match back in uh, the old days? No, um, I already knew I was gonna fail. I don't really know much about boxing history. <laughs> yeah, um, I believe the most highest, uh, like highest round fight, to my best knowledge, was I believe back in the 1940s, if not maybe 1800s, where I believe the highest amount of rounds that was ever fought was like I think uh, 47 rounds. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! That's crazy. Yeah, fifteen rounds before. That's it. I don't. Besides, I'm not really good at my boxing history. 
Yeah, um, I actually mutually know Tevin Farmer's a trainer, um, Chino Rivas, and um, I believe Tevin Farmer had uh, come out, uh, like, um, he just recently made, like, a post uh, not too long ago where he's actually, uh, um, I believe he's um, related to uh, Joe Gans. Um, he was, like, a really old-time fighter back then uh, during, I would probably say, like, after Jack Johnson's era, but I know he was, like... Um, um, he was like a really like well-known fighter. He had over like 200 plus uh, like on like on professional fights, and I believe he was like um, one of what the very first early uh, Black American fighters that um, actually got like a title back then. Oh wow! Nice, nice, nice. Um, as far as your career goes, um, what's like the plan that you're trying to do as far as getting world championships? Right. Yes. Well, that is the plan. My plan was. Um, to be undisputed in different weight classes, starting off with 115, going up to 118, 122, and then 126. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be able to, I'm gonna be able to um, do that right now. Me and my coach, which is my dad, my trainer, we're possibly, you know, we're thinking about going back, we're going up to 118 and just letting go of the 115. Um, class just because it's, it's not going anywhere um meaning it's we've been waiting too long for these fights to happen and they just seem not to happen agreements don't happen um it's just it's taking too long so i'm i think i'm gonna end up moving up to 118 yeah yeah that's my biggest problem with the sport i've never been like a fan of sanctioned bodies and um like i think honestly like if it was set up with like a tournament instead of championships uh like like basically like in theory like the best would automatically beat each other out and like yeah. the fight, it shouldn't have to get you know certain political um preferences to get up to like a certain stage in their careers where they don't have to fight as um many uh tough uh like a tough um oppositional names exactly exactly i just i i just don't get it myself i wish like you like you know it, it could be like more like a tur tournament like working on you know like why not let this person fight if they're already there i i just don't get it it's been what two years two years trying to fight and it's just it's exhausting yeah because i was actually going to ask like as far as like the inactivity like like, is it just more to do with like, the fighters just not wanting to step up to fight you? Or is it just more to do with, like, I guess, like, the business overall, right? It's, I guess more, more like the business overall because, I mean, I'm there. I'm willing to fight. And they're fighting themselves, but they're defending their title with people that is not even at the top five nor the top ten. It's like, how are you defending your title? I was next, you know? Like, I'm one. I'm ranked. I'm below you. How are you defending your title with somebody else? Like I don't. I don't get it. You know. Actually, so. um, I was going to add on like a, the point. Um, Gary Russell, when he fought Vasil Lomachenko, um, Lomachenko was not supposed to fight Gary Russell for the WBO title at 126. After he lost to Orlando Salido by the WBO's rules. You're not supposed to rechallenge for the same belt after coming off of like a loss. So what the WBO decided to do, they actually decided to break the rules and give Lomachenko a extra shot to fight Gary Russell for that title. So in theory, Gary Russell, he should have fought somebody else that was like coming. Um, like 
uh, like um, like uh, basically the, the next available ranked opponent was supposed yeah. to fight Gary Russell for the belt. Not um, like I'm not um, yeah. So So basically, they just did their own rules for that fight for him. Yeah, pretty much. Because if it was like um, any other fighter, they would just automatically go by the rules. And actually, even take a look at Jermel Charlo. He's trying to move up two weight classes to fight Canelo. But the WBL wanted to play um, politics to say, well, you will be undisputed until the bell rings. And then Tim Zhu, a.k.a. his mandatory, will automatically get the belt. So I just don't find that to be fair because it's like if, if Canelo Alvarez, if he was able to do that, then why can't Charlo do it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very frustrating. It's it's they just pick and choose and it's crazy. It's crazy because we don't have a say, we can't do nothing about it but just play with the game and go with it. Yeah, because um I was gonna say, like as far as how you started out your pro career, was it really tough? Like how difficult was it? Um, to start my pro career, not really, because not really. I mean I was uh Meaning as a fighting way, no, it wasn't. But starting off selling tickets and doing it all by myself, yeah, that that part was hard. Not the fighting. It was the more the getting promoters to have me and promote me in their club shows, you know? Because when I started, they didn't want to. They were like, no, she's a female. We don't really make, we really don't get female fighters unless she sells tickets and we're like we're gonna sell tickets we're willing to sell tickets not a problem so once they started selling tickets and they were they were seeing like oh she's a seller you know she could sell tickets that's when i was like okay i was they opened the doors for me besides that they it would have been so much complicated for me so yeah they make you they make it hard not the fighting again it's more of the what's happening in the other side yeah, because like I uh, like I just find it weird that a lot of fighters, you know, bring up that point a lot because it's like if you're having a promoter that's supposed to promote you, you know, by the economics, by its own laws, like that promoter supposed to give you the full promotion, not just, you know, cut you down and then make it harder for you. Like in theory, like you shouldn't have to do the work. You should just show up to the ring and fight and just and fight. go home. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, yeah no, yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Even, you know, having to do our own PR work, you know, the promoter's supposed to do that for you. Us promoting ourselves out there is like, I'm, you're signed. You have me signed. Why are you not promoting me? Why are you not putting me out there? So, or getting me a fight two weeks in advance. It's like, oh, we still don't have a fighter for you, but you're fighting September, let's say 30th, but it's, September 15th, you still don't have an opponent. How are you supposed to promote this fight? It's like, you're the promoter. You're supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to be on top of this. So, yeah, they make it so hard for you. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, that's crazy, man, because um, I used to wrestle back in high school. And um, at least for wrestling, um, you actually knew what you were going to do as far as, like, getting an opponent. But it's mm -hmm. like they have it set up in a way where – you know, obviously two schools will go at it, but you have, you know, a potential opponent that's lined up for you. And yeah. even and even in tournaments too, like you don't know who like you don't know who you're going to fight, but 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 you do know that this guy could potentially fight you if he or she wins. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think it's really hard for a boxer 
to actually train knowing, hey, you might fight or we might not find an opponent for you. So it's like, you're really not, you're not focused to, hey, I'm gonna fight with this person. I don't know, it's really hard to go at 100 not knowing who you're fighting with or if the fight's even gonna happen. You get me? Like, it, it, that's really hard. And and these promoters are like, oh, well, you've got to stay ready just in case an opportunity comes. There's no way besides boxing. Boxing's not my, all my life. I do work. Or there's people that work full time because, unfortunately, they, boxing doesn't feed them. You know, it's it's you can't just fight. No, you can't just train to train not knowing, okay, you, you might fight. We can't find you a fighter, but you might fight. Just stay ready. You're telling me I have to cut weight, stay ready in case an opponent comes. So what if it doesn't? You know, it, it's it's really hard. It's really really hard. Yeah, a very good example of that was when I was talking with, um, I think Ryan Pino in the past. Um, he's a Puerto Rican fighter, uh, based out of New York City. But um, he was telling me some really messed up stories where. He was given fights within, I think, like less than like a week's notice. And yeah. it was just basically scummy business to the point where he just didn't know, like, didn't know like which avenue was at the proper avenue to take because either the promotion will screw you over or the management will try to find ways to just basically play like phone tag with you to say, oh, well, this opponent might be your opponent coming up. But then two, three days later, that same person will just say to you, oh, well, um, like, uh, that fights off and therefore, um, like, um, we don't know when the next available guy will be ready for you. And uh, like, to me, like, I don't like that, like, like, um, as a consumer, cause I'm paying money to go see you, but I want you to, to like, like to basically be active, you know, all year round. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, a, it's a really hard business and I, I see it on both ends, but it's, it's hard. It's really hard. It's not, it's not nice. It's, it's, there's a lot of BS out there. I was going to say in a perfect world where boxing was a highly paid sport and you had everything in your control, what would you do to run your own career? To run my own career, what would I do? Um, I would promote myself a little bit more. I mean, if I had the, the way I would promote my fight, let's say I'm fighting for a title fight. Um, I would let my, like the people know, Hey, I'm in advance, maybe eight, two months ahead of time, two months and a half, three months, promote it out there, put it on billboards, kind of sort of what they did with Ronda Rousey. Like they didn't know who this person was, but she was in every billboard you could think of. And it made people want to look her up. Like, who's this chick? So I think that's what I would do. I would promote myself more out there, fly myself out more to events so people could know me and know who I am, know my story, just promoting myself. Because I think nowadays that's what you need to kind of be somebody, you know, get people to know who you are and then they will follow, you know, you need people, you need um, supporters that like you, you know, like your style, like your boxing, but how are they going to know who you are if you don't promote yourself out there, if you don't put yourself out there? So I would definitely promote myself more so I could be able to sell more and people could support more. And then, well, just the training. I mean, the training to me, I love boxing. I love doing it. It's not a problem. I, I, I stay in the gym always, but it's 
what I was saying, the training and the to, the training and training for a fight is two different things. But I mean, the training is easy for me. That's something. It's just more of the the PR work, the promoting, and everything that I would do differently. Yeah, um, I was going to suggest a good idea, but I don't know if it's a good, you know, like, I guess like a good innovation, but I think like, th like there should be a kind of like a community based uh, social media driven influencer page to get fighters like yourself or any up and coming fighter or any fighter that is good now. So therefore, you know, every time when that fighter fights, every, like, like everybody can just go you know, share your videos or share anything that you have. So therefore you already have like a base, you know, a set of um, consistent advertising. So therefore like that could just give you the upper edge to have like more people know who you are rather than just let a promoter do it for you. Because like, to me, at least like, I just don't see promoters being beneficial because it's like, if I have to give you a part of my money for me to be successful, then I feel like I'm like, like to me, like, I feel like I'm not like, I'm not keeping most of my money because like, like uh, that's a financial risk to um, your career long-term. And then the consumers don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So therefore um, I don't see that being a complete win-win uh, for the sport. And actually even back then with like all the best female fighters that were being promoted back then, they weren't doing their own, um, research on who was basically managing their career. Um, I even watched uh, Chrissy Martin's uh, documentary oh, where uh, she got screwed over by by uh, multiple people, and uh, she was be like, I think she said like later on, like uh, down the road in her um, recent uh, like documentary um, interviews that she said that it like um, if she had known the business aspect of like uh, like uh, what was going on you know, during her career, she definitely would have moved a lot better. And I think that's like the main problem with a lot of fighters that, you know, heavily rely off of people to be um, um, controlling their um, financial, um, like, uh, like uh, decisions that will, you know, potentially stagger their um, career. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's true. I was just, I'm, I'm just thinking because I was just watching the, uh, on Netflix, the George Foreman movie. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, he got, also got screwed over when it came down to his money. And it's, it's like, it's crazy. It seems yeah. like it's, it's something that goes, and mostly all boxers go through. And it's, it's crazy. It's sad. Like, we all go, like. We all go through it different in different ways and different, yeah, in different ways. But basically, we get screwed over. <laughs> yeah, um, I was going to add on top of that. Uh, George Foreman made a good point as well in his, uh, I believe, his interview with Brandon Marshall. Um, he's that former NFL player. He has that YouTube channel called I Am Athlete. But I saw that uh, conversation that he had with um, Brandon and some other guys said an excellent. But George was saying like if he, you know, didn't let the people that were controlling his finances throughout his career, and he actually was more educated coming into, you know, the sport. And on top of that, if he just had, like, a better educational mindset where he wasn't getting into um, a lot of trouble outside of, like, um, outside of boxing, uh, because prior to that, he wasn't really making good choices, and he was basically living a really dangerous um, lifestyle. But um, he was basically saying that um, if he had everything that he knew now to translate it back then, then George Foreman's like 
you know, biography of who he is would have been like a much different story because um, I think it was just more so due to just not being educated, like to, to be self um, reliant versus, you know, letting others uh, dictate like um, how your life is going uh, to be run. Yeah, I agree. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So hopefully me, I could learn everything I need to learn. That's what I tell my son. Hopefully I could learn everything I need to learn. And, you know, so if, if you ever become a professional boxer, you don't have to go through what I've been through, you know, and get effed over. <laughs> By people, you know, I, you have me, and I'll kind of know the game a little bit. Yeah, um, I was gonna say, like, uh, like as far as like your goal after boxing, do you do you have any goals that you wanna do? Right? I do. Um, well, I well, I already coach, but I want to become a full time coach, stay in the boxing game, and if possible, become a manager just to kind of not manage, um, to manage boxers or an advisor or something has to do with boxing just so these people don't get effed over. But, you know, like there's so many snakes out there that just, you know, take advantage of these boxers that want to do something with their career, want to make it through boxing and make something of themselves. And because of their dreams that they have, they just screw them over. I kind of want to be able to guide them so that's why I'm trying to learn more of the game. And I feel like maybe my purpose is to guide other people so they won't go through what I've been through or what others been through that I know of, you know, but definitely stay in boxing as a coach. I want to become a full-time coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish that uh, there was more markets to dedicate, to teach you, you know, the business of boxing on how to become a judge or how to become a manager or how to become a cut man or anything like that. Because um, for me, like I was actually trying to figure out how to like, like, like figure out how to become a judge. And I found out that, you know, there's really no market for it, but there is a, you know, particular, you know, avenue to become like a judge for like for amateur boxing. But as far as like getting up there to elevate yourself to the professional level, uh, promoters, you know, politically um, select judges to um, judge their, um, like, a, like to judge their own fights. But on top of that, it's like, you know, it's not like an easy way to just ticket yourself in. It's, it's pretty much, um, like you said, there's too many snakes. There's too many um, red market corners, I would say, you know, where people like I bring too much um, mafia-like attitude that doesn't really make, you know, let the sport look any better. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I wish there was more guidance and people that could advise or, you know, schooling so people could learn, but there's none. You kind of got to learn on your own and know the game out there by yourself. I was going to ask, um, there's some people that try to argue to say that boxing could be better if it was unionized. I wanted to get your take on that. Unionized. Hmm. I've never thought about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't. That, that would be a really good idea. 
Yeah, I think it's like I think it's a good partial good idea, but as far as like a long term like effect, having like the bad actors that will use it as like a means of political sub like like a subversion to get certain um um like how should I say like certain things in their power that would allow them to, you know, wiggle in certain rules that they want for certain unions. Like I think like in principle, you know, that could be a great idea, but I think as far as like marketizing it where everybody can get paid you know, fairly. And as far as let the fighters go, you know, they should be, you know, paid first and then everybody else gets paid less. And, um, I think like maybe like another good idea is to maybe marketize, like, I guess like sports leagues, because I was even thinking, um, maybe like a good idea to, you know, do that is like, kind of like what you see with, uh, like, I don't know if you saw that new, you know, team combat league, right. For boxing. Right. Um, no. Oh, uh, um, well, like, it's like a team combat, you know, oh, boxing. Yeah, yes, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I lied. Yes, I know <laughs> what you're talking about. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was thinking, like, like instead of having that model, um, if you watch that uh, team combat league sport um, league that was being ran by Chuck Norris back in the past where he actually had, like, teams, but, you know, they went, you know, like, X amount of rounds to – you know, advanced their fighters to get to the top. But I think as far as keeping it to like a individual level, um, it could be set up like the NBA where, you know, everybody fights, but it's basically set up in a tournament where you're automatically getting fights, but you're fighting, you know, good competition. And every time you beat the higher competition, you get more bonuses and more financial, you know, um, promotion. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, that would be really good. That would be different, but that would be good. Um, I was going to ask, as far as your top venues that you would like to headline one day, if you had the opportunity, where would you like to fight? Um, for sure, the Madison Square. That's one. Um, and here in L.A., I would want to fight at the Forum in Englewood. That's one that I would like to do. Um Vegas, I would like to do the T-Mobile. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are three that I've thought about. I want to see you like um I want to see you come down here in Florida, um, especially out in the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium or the Amway Center out in Orlando. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't really know any um I don't think I've I'm not I'm I don't really know of venues out there, so that would be nice to go out to Florida. <laughs> or even Texas, you know, AT&T Stadium. Oh, yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be nice. I never really thought about it. Those The ones I said is just three that I've thought in the past, but I've never really, you know, looked out there at more, more venues or stadiums to fight in. Yeah, um, I was going to ask, um, as far as, like, West Coast goes, um, which is better, West Coast or East Coast? On what? Um, anything, you know, as far as like, the culture, as far as everything that, you know, it has to offer. Well, I can't really, I can't really say because I've never really been out in the East Coast. Um, I'm never, I don't really travel out, you know, I, I've never really been out there. I've you know, I'm, I lived over here my whole life, so I would for sure say over here, <laughs> but I don't really know. I've never been out to the East Coast, so I can't say East Coast or West Coast. I, I you know. 
the West yeah, Coast like, where yeah. I've been my whole life. Yeah, like I never been on the West Coast. Um, like, uh, like uh, my friends want me to go out to California, but I keep telling them um, I'm probably not going until their like economy gets you know fixed up. Mm -hmm. Harley, get down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to ask uh, uh, some final questions. Um, as far as uh, the like influence as, as like women's boxing is growing. Um, what would you want to do for women's boxing when, uh, like, like uh, those you know uh, people that do look up to you now want to see what you bring to the table um, once your career is over, right? Yeah. Um, well, again, once my career is over, I would love to advise, be an advisor or a manager for fighters or someone they could just go, go to and ask questions or you know uh, help. I just want to be able to be there and, and be able to promote fighters. You know, like if I have the the possibility to, hey, they're fighting, let me promote it myself. Let me tell people about them. That's kind of basically what I did with the, um, because not everybody knew, not everybody knows a lot of female boxers. They don't give it a chance. So anytime there's like a big fight happening of women boxing, I put it out there. I let people know, hey, there's going to be this good fight this week and you guys want to watch a good fight? Tune in, zone. tune in and this, tune in and that. It's going to be a really good fight. Tune in. Like, I try my best so people could realize, like, female boxers have really good fights. Like, we go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, you know? We stand there and fight. Um, a lot, Something that a lot of um, female boxers don't do now, you know? They don't like to receive punishment. I don't think nobody does, but I think a lot of women have a lot of heart where we don't want to lose, so we're just going to go at it. And even if we're hurt, we're just going to continue, you know? So you'll be standing up on your toes trying to watch that fight. So I really try my best even now to put out there and support all these female boxers. Like, I don't envy anybody that's doing any better than me. Like, I talk to all these champions, you know, and even I'm my weight class, like I, I have all of this respect for all these girls and, and I just want to support, like, just take it out. Like, let people know, like, watch this fight, look into it. Like, you don't know this female fighter, you should look into her. So kind of just advise them and promote them out there more. If I have the ability to do so, I'll do it. Yeah, um, I agree. Like, I think, honestly, that, um, like, in my honest opinion, I, I feel that you should have already been there next to Amanda Serrano or Katie Taylor or Chantel Cameron or anybody out of that, you know, line of, you know, uh, fighters. And I think, like, uh, that definitely needs to be championed a lot more because, you know, there's so much great talent out there. And I think the women are doing a lot better, like, like as far as performing, you know, great fights to the audiences compared to men's boxing. Like, I think, like, if you had it set with, like, the same, you know, setup for three-minute rounds and, you know, X amount of rounds, like, I think women would easily be given a lot more shine. And I think it's really good that, you know, females like Amanda Serrano, she's actually going up against, you know, the system in boxing where she's, you know, actually wanting to go 12 rounds now against, a de like, a Daniela Ramos and... Yes. Uh, I think like I think that's a really great historical you know moment to create like a massive um, renaissance in this current age you know right now um, for the sport.
Yeah, no, for sure. I like what Amanda Serrano's doing because not only that, Amanda Serrano, like, I don't feel like she envies anybody. Um, I think that she's all for the women's sport. She's gone through a lot. Um, she, it took her years. I, I mean, we, and the amateurs, I think we're fighting at the same time. I left boxing for almost 10 years. She stood. I think what she has, she has worked for. Um, and she deserves everything she's, you know, has at the moment. But I love the fact that she is all for women. You know, she she's doing this for not herself only, but for all women out there. So I love that about her. And I love what she's doing. It's it's awesome. It's really good. Yeah. Um, speaking of certain female fights, um, I wanted to put my matchmaking hat on, but um, even though that you're Mexican, but I got to ask you this because I got Puerto Rican bloodline. Can we get a Mexico versus Puerto Rico matchup, Wanda? Oh, wait, 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 what? I said, can we get a Mexico versus Puerto Rico matchup from you, Wanda? Oh, hopefully, yes. That's, uh, you know, my dream fight. Well, not mine. It's my dad's fight. Um, he, his dream will be for one day for me and Amanda to fight once I go up to 126. Oh, nice. So, so that would be a dream fight for my dad. Um, my amateur... My amateur career, I did it at 125, so it's it's not a problem. I I usually spar with bigger fighters, um, weight classes than me, so it's not a problem. It's just going up in weight class little by little, and my goal what it what it is to go up little by little. But that would be a dream fight per, um, with Serrano and me, and you know I, we kind of put it out there. She's like, yeah, hit me up whenever you're at my weight class, and I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so hopefully one day that could happen, you know. Yeah, the, um, I actually know this um, one other fighter. She's trained by Ada Velez. I don't know if you know her, um, Rosalinda um, Rodriguez. And yes. I, like, I actually wanted to see you and her fight because I think that would have been a great matchup. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think they wanted to make that matchup a couple of years ago. I think that I... But I don't know what happened. I honestly don't know what happened. I know it was between... My her manager and my not my manager, my my promoter. Something was going on there, and then oh, I think the weight class. I was fighting at one fifteen. I think she fights at one eighteen, but I'm going up to one eighteen. So maybe that's gonna that will happen. Yeah, because I know that she fights on BKFC now. Uh, she just recently fought on BKFC Prospects, but mm -hmm. I don't see why that fight can't happen right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be a great <laughs> matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, as far as, like, your highest weight class that, that um, you can go, like, like let's just say, like, fantasy-wise, like, if you were able to take on those those big names, um, like, who would they be if you had it, you know, like, all, like, like um, in your control, right? Mm, my highest weight class? Honestly, I think it's up to 126. <laughs> I don't think I could do 135. Um, maybe I could, which it, it's, it's Katie Taylor, right? 135? Yeah. Yeah, but I think I would be pushing it a little bit too much. But yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if I had the cap, cap, the, the ability to do so and be able to go up to 135, I don't see why not. 
Yeah, like I kind of wish that there should be like you know catchweight tournaments for that. I think that would be awesome. Like I know just, that tournament yeah. thing that you said that would be so cool. That would be really like that would be like really dope if they were to come up with a tournament where these champions had no way to kind of whoever's in that tournament going up and up and up to beat. You know, I mean, you got to beat the best to be the best, right? Like. How can you hold up a title and say you're the best when you really haven't fought the best? That's just me. Um, so, yeah, that would be good. Like, a little tournament happening. Yeah, also, to add on top of that, like, I think, like, the more people that get into tournaments and they keep on winning them, at least that gets, like, uh, that gives you notoriety more because versus having, like, a championship belt and just trying to create rankings for it, that doesn't make any sense. It's better to just get everybody into, like, a tournament. Kind of think of it like, you know, NCAA March Madness. Like, no team is going to make it to the Final Four. Like, you actually yeah. have to grind to get to the Final Four before you see somebody at the finals. So yeah. I think that would be a tremendous idea because, one, that gets you more money, and, two, that gives you, you know, like a fight every single time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I was just um, I was just going to um, wrap things up as far as um, like things that you wish that you should have done before you started boxing. Like, did you have any other careers that you wanted to do to elevate yourself uh, before the sport? Mm, well, like I said, um, I did stop boxing at the age of seventeen. Didn't come back almost nine, 10 years later. So I kind of did what I wanted to do in between that time, which was had my kids. I have my family now, you know, I have teenagers with me. Um, I went to school. I have my job. I, you know, I work in the medical field. Like I pretty much, I, I still want to go back to school and do more. Um, but I mean, I did what I needed to do within that time. Like, it's not like I've been boxing all these years and I haven't had time to become a mom or, you know, go to school. Like, I did what I had to do in those years and then I, I came back. So. Yeah. Um, I just wish that boxing was like, you know, any other major sport where you can do more stuff, you know, to, like, look into as far as, like, another career. And I kind of felt like, you know, that was always of the detriment with fighters that, you know, got damaged badly in the sport because, they didn't have like a plan B nor a plan C or anything like that. And uh, uh, that's always kind of put people down for them to think that, you know, boxing is always going to be your career, but it's like, no, that's not true. There's always plenty of other great careers that you can go to and, and make tons of money on, but it's not about money. It's all about, you know, passion at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's something that I also myself um, tell these kids here at the gym or any kid that comes to me, to ask for advice is have a plan B, you know, have a plan B, have, you know, you, is boxing could have, anything could happen in boxing, anything could happen to, with boxing and you just have to have something to fall on. You have to, you have to. Yeah. Um, I definitely like agree. Um, it's just more for me, like, uh, like I've always been, you know, a, little, a believer in being a, uh, mastery of trades so therefore you know educating yourself is always the best thing to get to the highest level not mm -hmm. just focus on one thing and just put your eggs into one basket and just hope that everything will be great for you 
Um, I think I think everything um, requires you know more skill set to be more successful as you get older. Yeah, no, I agree on that too. Um, yeah, like I think that's about it. Do you have any final words before we get up, Eddie? <laughs> um, no, not really. Just make sure you guys follow me on my Instagram. Support me. Um, uh, at La Cobra underscore Ruiz, um, Adelaida Ruiz on Facebook and on, no, I don't have a YouTube. Well, I have a YouTube, but I don't post on it, but yeah, <laughs> just make sure to follow me on Instagram. That would be great. Support female fighters, support boxers. We go through a lot on the back end that people don't see. People just see the success or the failure when it happens. Like there's more to that than anybody else could like you guys could see like there's a lot you know so just support and have respect for all boxers all right i appreciate it like i like uh um like i had a great time i'd like to have you back on um right. again and uh, um yeah just keep me updated with your next fight and and i'll do my best to um share everything okay yeah for sure thank you thank you for all having right. me okay bye-bye yeah, thank you Oh, all right, y'all. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, uh, great, um, great show. I hope you guys uh, share the video. Do um, do uh, do what you got to do, and I'll put it up on my page. A uh, huge big shout out to Adelaide um, Ruiz, and uh, yeah, I will get this put up on my page, and I'll see you guys later. Um, huge big shout out to everybody that's uh, supported the channel, and um, yeah. I'll keep you guys updated with any more news uh, that I have with more boxing news. And, yeah, um, one last time, uh, um, huge big thank you to the family that's uh, that's been um, rocking with me. So see you guys later. Here's, um, here's the outro. And huge big thank you to Adelaida um, Ruiz for uh, coming on to the show. All right. I'll see you guys. Um, here's the outro.